Welcome back in to another installment of Talking Catholic with David O'Gray. This here is the fourth and final installment of the series that I've been doing on Black Catholicism in the United States. In part one of this series, I introduced the topic, and in part two, I talked about the history of the topic, that is how the so-called, what I call, the Jim Crow Black Catholic Church came to be established in the United States. In short, the Catholic Church thought it was offensive to the sensibility of racist white Catholics um, to force them to be around people who they thought were inferior. And it also was, um, they thought it was better for black Catholics who had a fear of racist white people that they thought it would better be better for black Catholics also just have their own community and just grow on their own. So rather than being a church that will help heal these issues in the young Americas by having these two different groups come and worship God together, learn from one another, um, grow in harmony and peace with one another. The Catholic Church in America's leaders decided to really just adopt the racist attitudes of segregation at that time and essentially to make segregation a sacrament and a tradition in the Catholic Church in America. In part three in this series, I talked about how one of the consequences of segregating black Catholics and putting them off in the ghetto away from whites and, and even giving them no um, support or encouragement whatsoever to really practice the orthodoxy of their faith was that along with the black Protestant church, the black Catholic church was taken over, hijacked by the liberal agenda. It has been used to help them destroy the black community through things like high illiteracy rates, high incarceration rates, high single parent home rates, um, high abortion rates. Now, all of which are things that um, the faith and what the Catholic Church teaches can heal, but are things that really the black Catholic Church can't really get behind in these communities because ideas such as personal responsibility, um, school choice, no sex outside of marriage, um, abortion be murder. <laughs> See, all these things sound too Republican for the black Catholic church to teach, right? Because in the black community, it's more important to vote your race instead of your faith. So these ideas, which are Catholic, in their essence, this is why I talked about in part three of this video, are things that the black Catholic Church can't really get behind and really promote because they sound too Republican. And in that sense, through the liberal agenda, the black Catholic Church has been used as a tool to destroy the very people in their community that they're supposed to be leading in Christ. At the Amazon Synod in October 2019, a motion was passed for the church to start studying this idea of creating, the, creating a, um, a special liturgy just for the people of the Amazon, through which their theology, their understanding of God could be incorporated somehow into the liturgy, into the Mass. Now, now this idea of, this stupid idea of enculturating the liturgy has already been tried and is already in practice in the um, Jim Crow Black Catholic Church and hasn't helped at all. Hasn't somehow created a boom of more Catholics or, or really drawn people deeper into, the, into their faith whatsoever. Um, enculturating the liturgy is really just a form of racism. It is. It's racism. It, it's, it's, a, it's an idea of, of a majority group of, of people 
telling local people that we're going to create or allow you to create a liturgy just for you because the orthodoxy, the faith, the, the, the liturgy, the church is just too hard for you. So you can just create your own thing that you can understand. That's racism. That's talking down to people. I mean, these remedial level masses, what they are, they're not only could be heretical in many cases, um, but this enculturation and liturgy um, oftentimes is spiritually harmful and can destroy people's faith. These things need to be amputated wherever they are found. And we are going to begin that amputation right after this eight-second introduction to Talking Catholic. Sister Thea Bowman is a woman who many people loved. Um, her work has been influential in the church in many quarters. And she's a woman who many people are starting to examine her life uh, for heroic virtue, and perhaps one day she'll be a saint. But she's also a woman, a person who I would have disagreed with greatly on the topic of liturgy and what it means to be black in America. In regards to this topic that this segment of Talking Catholic with David O'Grey is about, um, I'm going to play for you a video in regards to this, this topic of the liturgy in the Jim Crow Black Catholic Church. This is a segment of a speech that Sister Thea Bowman gave at the Conference of Catholic Bishops in 1989. I'm going to play for you the segment um, of Sister Thea Bowman speaking, and afterwards, I'll comment. What does it mean to be black and Catholic? Catholic, it means that I come to my church fully functioning. That doesn't frighten you, do, does it? I come to my church fully functioning. I bring myself, my black self, all that I am, all that I have, all that I hope to become. I bring my whole history, my traditions, my experience, my culture, my African-American song and dance and gesture and movement and teaching and preaching and healing and responsibility as gift to the church. I bring a spirituality that our black American bishops told us, they just told us what everybody who knew knew, that spirituality is contemplative and biblical and holistic, bringing to religion a totality of mind and imagination, of memory, of feeling and passion and emotion and intensity a faith that is embodied incarnate praise, a spirituality that knows how to find joy even in the time of sorrow, that steps out on faith, that leans on the Lord, a spirituality that is communal, that tries to walk and talk and work and pray and play together, even with the vision. You know, when our vision is around, we want to be where we can find them, where we can reach out and touch them, where we can talk to them. Don't be too busy, y'all. A spirituality that in the middle of your mass or in the middle of your sermon just might have to shout out and say, Amen, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. A faith that 
that attempts to be spirit-filled. The old lady said, if you love the Lord your God with your whole heart and your whole soul and your whole mind and all your strength, then you praise the Lord with your whole heart and soul and mind and strength and you don't bring him any feeble service. If you get enough fully functioning black church Catholics in your diocese, they gonna hold up the priest and they gonna hold up the bishop. We love our bishops, y'all. We love y'all, too. But see, these bishops are our own, ordained for the church universal, ordained for the service of God's people. But they ours. We raised them. They came for our community. And in a unique way, they can speak for us and to us. And that's what the church is talking about, indigenous leadership. The leaders are supposed to look like their folks. In this segment, to be black and Catholic, according to Sister Thea Bowman, to be black and Catholic means that you come to the church fully functioning. She says fully functioning to be fully functioning. She says that um, to be black and Catholic um, as uh, to be a descendant of Africans in this country means that you bring with you by your very nature of, of who you are. You have a particular um, history, heritage, ritual, experience and rhythm of life that you that is evident in all that you do. That this 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 ritual, this heritage, this experience is evident in all that you do, most especially in how you worship and celebrate the mass. That this is there is something just intrinsic about your very nature of being black, being a descendant of slaves that just flows out of you during the liturgy. I would disagree with Sister Thea Bowman here in saying that there is some sort of African intrinsic ethos that still remains in black America. As best described in Alex Haley's book, Roots, that slavery worked best when it took everything African out of Africans and created or reconstituted a whole new people, a whole new ethnicity of people who have been rightly called black Americans. And these people, very little what, what it meant to be African remained. Many of us in this country, we may like to call ourselves African, American, but how many of us can really trace our lineage back to Africa? Right? We may be descendants of slaves, but other than our biological DNA, we can connect to our ancestors. None of us can really go back and find that particular tribe of which we descend from. None of us can really go back and really find our family there. We may, none of us speak languages, we, we may wear the traditional African garb, but that's really just covering the vase because none of us really practice the religion of our ancestors, which in many cases was either paganism or Islam. There is very little African that remains black Americans. This is a fact that even the descendants from the transatlantic slave trade in the Caribbean would tell you. Ask any person in the Caribbean. They, they, they all tell you. They all agree that blacks in America are furthest or the furthest away from their African roots. There, there's very little African about black Americans. And as it gets again, the, the, the system of slavery 
in America, as practiced in the United States, was very different than how the um, slavery was treated through the transatlantic slave trade in other parts of the Americas, um, Central America, South America, and the Caribbean islands. In the United States, Africans <laughs> were broken, beaten down, given no rights, treated like dogs, treated like wild horses who were broken and then tamed and domesticated and used as mules. Rather, this ethos evident in the worship um, that Sister Thea Bowman is speaking here is not African, it's Protestant. The modern expression of black Catholic worship in the mass has far more in common with black Protestantism than it does with the manner by which African Catholics worship the mass. To, to pretend otherwise is really to play a sick joke. Um, blacks in America have always been more Protestant than they have Catholic, but, but the black Catholic church left astray and, and abandoned and played as in a place in the ghetto. Um, they saw in the black um, Protestant church things they envied. It's, um, it, it's free ex expression, it, it's rhythm of praise, it's, it's form of homiletics filled with cultural cadences. It's, it's spontaneity that seemed to necessarily interrupt the liturgy if there were any um, and add personal value. Well, again, were all things they envied and things they incorporated into the Norvis Order Rite far more easily than they were with the traditional Latin Rite of Trent. Um, this, this, again, this is not African worship in the mass. No, this is Protestantism. This is enculturating Protestantism from the black community into Catholic worship. That's all it is. Most black Catholic churches I visited, and I visited many, remind me, remind me, I'll say me, much more of my experience when I was a Protestant than my experience with the universal liturgy of the church, even outside the United States. For, for Sister Thea Bowman, this is a good thing. For me, it's a bad thing. It's one of the reasons why I never found home in a black Catholic church. It just reminded me too much of my Protestant experience. I, 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 I left Protestantism to become a Catholic, not to be another type of Protestant with a, with a Pope and several more books of the Bible. I left Protestantism for the Mass, not for what St. Sabina Parish in Chicago and Father Flager calls a church service on their website. Catholics don't have a church service. That's what Protestants have. Catholics have a holy mass. We should learn the difference between those two things and embrace it. Later in this video, Sister Thea Bowman says something that I found to be tremendously troubling. Responding to the question or the concern that some people have that the liturgy doesn't do anything for me, she responds with a question that said, what did you, what did you do for the liturgy to preach and to teach to worship and to pray black folk can't just come in the church and depend on the priest and say let father do it and if father don't do right then they walk out and they complain you know that liturgy didn't do anything for me the question that we raise is what did you do for the liturgy and the church is calling us to be participatory and to be involved Sister Thea Bowman is correct in saying that the liturgy does call us to participate. 
But that's only because the economy of salvation itself is a participative economy. It is as St. Augustine of Hippo said that the God who created you, the God who created you without your cooperation will not save you without your cooperation. Now, but Sister Thayne Bowman is in, in great error here in, in preaching what I call to be liturgical modernism. It's this idea that that there's something we can add just through our mere humanity to the liturgy to make it better, to make it more value. In her case, Sister Thayne Thay Bowman is saying just by, by virtue of being black, there's some sort of intrinsic nature in you from your African roots that just by being black that you add value to the liturgy just by being there, that, that what's coming out of you adds to liturgy. <laughs> As if there's more Jesus to come out of the mass when black people are there just adding, adding themselves there. That's, that's stupid. That, that, that's liturgical modernism. That's borderline heresy. It, it sounds like but people are preaching this. It's like um, Jesuit Jamie Martin essentially saying the same thing. That 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 homosexuals just through their 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 sexual disorder, they, they have these gifts to add to the church that when gay people are at the mass, there's just more of of the liturgy that 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 um that they add value to liturgy and just more of Jesus <laughs> comes comes out of it. I mean, what is this? That, that there's this the, the problem here. Th this is liturgical modernism. This is a heresy. That there's a mistaken idea that the liturgy needs us. <laughs> there's a mistaken idea that the liturgy needs us, or that Jesus Christ needed us to die for our sins. Right? That, I mean, that's essentially what we're saying here at the memorial sacrifice. That the liturgy doesn't need us, my friends. The liturgy doesn't need us. But we need the liturgy. It's us who needs the liturgy. The liturgy doesn't need us. This, this, this same old cheap Protestant dollar menu idea, it also found its way at the so-called Amazon Synod back in October of 2019. That... It was voted on this idea in the past that the church has started studying this idea of giving the, giving the Amazon people their own liturgy that somehow expressed their theology, their understanding of God. So I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess we're going to replace the memorial sacrifice of Jesus Christ with the sacrifice of innocent babies that some Amazonian tribes are still doing. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe that's what we're doing. I mean, if, if God reconciled the world to himself through his son, Jesus Christ. Somebody truly has explained to me the value of reaching down into paganism for, for new lights, for new enlightenments. That there's some sort of positive faith down there that the Amazon people have. That, that somebody has explained to me the value of reaching, reaching into Protestantism for truth. Somebody has explained to me the value of reaching out into modernism. I mean, I mean what is this? As, as if it's the, the, the Catholic people have become like the people who gathered around um, Aaron and pressed upon him to make for them a golden calf. They were just too tired to wait, for, um, to wait for Moses to come back. They didn't know where he was. So I guess that's us today. We, we're tired of waiting for Jesus to come back. We don't know where he is. Obviously, we don't know that he is the Holy Eucharist. I mean, I, mean, I really don't understand what this is. Um, and the Pope that we have and the, the Episcopacy, Episcopacy that we have are just more than willing to be Aaron and give these people a false God. 
in creating the Jim Crow Black Catholic Church in, in, as a means to appease racist white Catholics by keeping blacks away from them and, and, and putting the Black Catholic Church off, in, off into the ghetto and um, ignoring them and never supporting them and um, encouraging them. Ultimately, what the, the Catholic Church did, the institutional Catholic Church, what it essentially did was rob black Catholics of all the graces found in traditional Catholic liturgy. I mean, while, while liberal white churches, they were going from the clown masses in the 70s to gay masses <laughs> 40 years later, um, the black Catholic Church was always making um, circus tricks out of, out of the liturgy. But no one really cared to comment. And when they did the con did dare to comment saying, hey, what's going on with the um, black Catholic liturgy? Why is all this stuff going on that's not really um, native to the liturgy? They were treated as racist. They were saying, well, how dare you criticize us? Um, our, our liturgy is African and you're racist for criticizing these African elements in the liturgy. When all along, there was nothing African about the liturgy whatsoever. It was Protestant. <laughs> well, these people were treated as racist for, for being concerned. This is a sick joke. I mean, really, it, it's time we stop making excuses for people who want to take liberties with the liturgy. I mean, it's time for us to just stop. I, I don't care if it's the Jim Crow Black Catholic Church or some lily white church over in Seattle, Washington. If the liturgy isn't good enough for you as it is, maybe you are not quite ready to be Catholic. If you're more concerned about you changing the liturgy than the liturgy changing you, maybe you are not quite ready to be Catholic. If all you're concerned about is changing the liturgy to make yourself feel more welcome and received, maybe you are not quite ready to be Catholic because the liturgy is not about you. It's about Jesus Christ. The liturgy is not about you, but it is ready to divinize you if you're ready to receive the graces found through it through reverent worship. Let us tear down these walls that separate us. The Jim Crow Catholic Church is creation was a mistake. It was done just to appease the sensibility of white Catholics and black Catholics, to appease racism and fear. Let us bury that legacy of hate and return to the Catholic idea of all of God's people worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. If you would like a great guide to help enrich, entrench your mind, body, and soul deeper into the liturgy, check out my book, The Divine Symphony, an escortium to the Theology of the Mass. You can buy it anywhere online or at your favorite Catholic bookstore. But until then, and until next time, blessings and shalom to you and to yours. Deum verum.